Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Kowalski. Occupation, driver. Transporting a supercharged Dodge Challenger from Denver to San Francisco. Background, Medal of Honor in Vietnam. Former stock and bike racer. Former cop, dishonorably discharged. Now he uses speed to get himself up. To get himself gone. Everybody's after Kowalski. For one reason or another. There's something I can do for you. Well, like what? Like anything you want. Everybody wants a piece of his hide. Maybe kill somebody. Maybe stole that big dude here. Maybe both. They want to get him and put him away, but they'll have to catch him first. Being chased by the blue, blue meanies on wheels. The vicious traffic squad cars are after our own driver. The super driver of the Golden West. The police numbers are getting closer, closer, closer to our soul hero in his soul mobile. They're gonna kill him, smash him, rape the last American hero. It's the maximum trip at maximum speed. Vanishing point. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. We enter the Wayback and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. This is George Barris, King of the Custom Cars from North Hollywood, California. And you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host. Welcome to the show this evening. Hey, run your computers in Google, Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. Uh, don't forget to uh, check out our 
website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, you can uh, check out our podcast, Gulfstream Motorsports. Actually, it's Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I get this straight here, right? Hey, how you doing tonight, Cedric? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good? Okay. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Anyway, and uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook. That would be Gulfstream Motorsports and Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And uh, just for giggles, a little bit later in the show here, in a few minutes, I'll have uh, Cedric queue up the uh, prices Rider or whatever, when, let's make a deal thing. Because we'll do a radio <laughs> giveaway. So, yeah, one of the two. I don't, I, I don't know if I have that one. I'll look, you know, that, I'll look, well, I'll look and see if I have Let's Make You know what? For some reason, I'm only hearing things out of one ear. Now, either my ear is severely You broke cl- it. I broke you it. You broke it. Somebody was in the here before hell, me. hell, man? Jeez. You broke it. It's Chinese. What can I say? Anyway, so this past weekend was kind of interesting, wasn't it? We had a uh, big send-off, a big uh, celebration of life for uh, Dave, the, uh, I guess he's still the owner of the studio, him and Lola, but yeah. uh, he decided to check out and go to the the, uh, the big radio station well, you know, up in we the were, sky. We were talking on Living the Good Life on Sunday, uh, and we were saying, well, he didn't really go anywhere. No, he did. I feel he's, as if he's, he's still here. Yeah, he's still here. He's still here. I mean, you know, you hear his voice every hour. He's here. He's right. He's Actually, here. at the end of our show, we still use it. Yeah. And that's what he would want. You know, that's what he would want. So, uh... You dumb cracker. You d- <laughs> yeah. Anyway, hey, we got a great show for you today. We have uh, a guest coming on. You big dummy. Sorry. You big dummy. You need to find out what okay. the Red Fox. We can, yeah. In fact, throw in a whole bunch of it. During my, uh, you want to call it monologue here, you can uh, throw in all kinds of goodies, sound okay. effects, and all kinds of stuff like that, because it doesn't bother me. You miserable old snagger tooth jackass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You watch your mouth. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cool. The dog bark, bark. <laughs> you know, some screeching. <laughs> some windows breaking. <laughs> you know, all kinds of cool stuff. But anyway. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Okay. What I'm going to do, uh, of course, yesterday was Memorial Day. So on our on our Gulfstream Motorsports Facebook page and on our Nostalgic Radio and Cars Facebook page, we put a big uh, good American flag up there. And it says, basically, it said, today, remember those who have sacrificed so much to keep this great country free. Let us protect our American heritage and keep America, America. God bless America. Happy Memorial Day to everybody. So just wanted to reiterate that, you know, because that's a very, very important day. And um, there's a lot of holidays come out through the year. But, you know, that's that's important, particularly, you know, with our soldiers over there fighting, as usual, senseless war. Don't get me wrong. I'm getting carrying conservative, and I'll be the first one to run to the shores, the borders, to defend this country. But I got a real issue with, uh, we won't go into that because that's a different show, of fighting uh, political and corporate wars around the country for political and corporate interests. Anyway. I don't think you'll have a hard time finding that many people. Diddle disagree with that? Uh, uh, now I'm confused. Okay, now you're confused. Anyway, hey, so here's what the deal is. This is going to be like, I'm going to be like uh, Miss Nancy at Romper Room, and we're going to have a little classroom today. <laughs> and basically what I want to do is I want to go, because somebody asked me this the other day. It actually came up a couple times. Uh, you know, I'm not really into the SEO or social networking thingy or whatever you want to call that stuff. And so what I did is I tried to figure out a use for the Facebook page. And since I'm not really into all that stuff, I figured, well, you know what? 
since I like to walk around with a camera a lot and do kind of interesting photos, and I'm kind of a spontaneous camera shooter, picture taker kind of guy, let me give you guys a little background on what's on our Gulfstream Motorsports Facebook page. Now, Nostalgic Radio and Cars pretty much has a lot of the stuff, the events that we cover and things like that. But Gulfstream Motorsports was just kind of sitting there idling for about uh, probably a year before I decided to do something. So... I basically, and I'm scrolling down as we speak, I went basically started out at the very beginning, and it says that uh, we basically started in 1981 or whenever it was that I first started in the car business officially. So what I did is if you go to the bottom, you'll see a picture of the uh, uh, <laughs> a number of cars. There's a 57 Thunderbird on there. There's a 72 Ranch Rover GT. There's a 65 Lamborghini 350 GT, and there's a wadded-up 1965 Austin Healey. Now, if you read the caption... It basically says high octane hopes. And the caption reads, Well, back in the fall of 1972, this is what I strived for. And of course, the first picture is the 1965 Lamborghini 350 GT, which in those days you could probably buy for four or $5,000. You know, it's just a used up Italian sports car, exotic, right? Today, that car is a half a million dollars, pushing 750 real quick here. Anyway, and it says one of my favorite cars is a 1965 Lamborghini 350 GT, stunning car. Then below it, it says, needless to say, at $1.18 an hour, that's what I was making in 1972, uh, my mere wages indeed afforded me my first car, 1965 Austin Healey, which promptly lasted me six days. That's another story in itself. The reason it's wadded up is sitting in a place called, uh, it escapes me right now, but there's a body shop, and uh, it was right off of Gulf of Bay behind what used to be Globe Auto Imports, which was a British car dealer back in the day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are we doing Montana? You got to eat more of that? Oh, <laughs> see if you can find some of that stuff. Uh, anyway, so uh, what happened was is on uh, Pearl Harbor Day, 1972, little girl in the 1973 Nova came speeding up behind me. I switched lanes to get away from her because she was kind of crowding me. And what I didn't realize is my car was actually spinning. When the car spun, it decided to bounce off the uh, Memorial Causeway Bridge, which was the first bridge when you leave Clearwater Beach. So I spun around 360 degrees, hit the left front fender, bumped up on the curb, tore off the railing, or moved the railing, I should say. Didn't destroy it totally, but it knocked it loose from the uh, from the bridge, actually. Um, and I did that with the right rear. And as I was sitting there all by my little old lonesome, cop walks up to me and says, uh, looks like you had an accident. I said, yep. And, of course, there was a witness there, and he saw the whole thing, but he was nowhere to be found afterwards. And uh, needless to say, I was charged with reckless driving. And I'd only been driving not even two months. That's pretty sad. Anyway, if you look over to the next Facebook page, it shows a picture of the uh, on the top. There's a picture of a 1957 Thunderbird. That was actually my first car, but my second car. That picture was taken on Island Estates across the street from a friend of mine's house. And you can see my shadow in the background there, in the front ground. And the sun's going down. It's kind of a, it was kind of a neat shot. And the car was kind of basically, well, kind of a faded paint red paint it was kind of flaking off but it was a 312 four-speed car and it was kind of cool that's another story for another day but that's the story that's the caption on that one 57 thunderbird and then the ranchero is below it which is the mighty ranchero 72 you always hear me talking about which was a 12 second car back in the day on the street which is pretty fast for a big 3900 pound sled that thing had a boss 51 in it four speed 514 gears when i got it it was a factory 351 cobra jet four barrel obviously automatic car but uh, couldn't do the automatic thing so we had to switch it Anyway, as we scroll up, you'll see a number of pictures. There's a picture of some swap meets that I went to. There's a picture of an old Porsche that we used to have laying around. There's also a picture of uh, a 956 Porsche, and below it's another 956. The 956 on the bottom picture is... Uh 
Did I say 956? I meant 936. A 936 Porsche. Basically a kid's-sized version of the uh, winning Le Mans car that Derek Bell drove, who's been a guest on our show, by the way, um, taken at Wysock in 1981. And over on the right, you see another picture of a Porsche, and that's a 935, and that's also taken at the Weissach test facility in Germany, which is Porsche's test track. And that's a 935, and I was in that car later, not that, not during that picture, but at the hands of the Porsche factory team race car driver Hans Hellmann, who we are trying to get on this radio show one of these days, but he lives in Deutschland, so it'll be a little difficult. Anyway, scrolling up here, what else we got? Uh, there's a junk Porsche that I found in some guy's backyard. There's some more Porsches. There's a four cam, I guess we'd call it a yeah, quad cam, four cam Indy Ford motor there that's actually right here in town, sitting in a friend of mine's garage. And what's interesting about that motor is you can kind of reverse the intake and exhaust on that because it's got a kind of a universal head design. It's kind of a cool piece. So definitely check that out. If you just tune into Nostalgic Anyone Cars, we're uh, um, narrating my listeners through uh, our Facebook page. I'm trying okay. to push that a little bit more. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, I didn't hear a dog bark. I didn't hear the windows breaking, no bombs going off, anything like that. What? So. You kidding me? Every time you open up your mouth, you give away your ignorance. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's a paying it. customer. <laughs> a paying. <laughs> now we get to uh, this little bicycle here. It's a Schwinn Fastback. But if you look at the uh, chain guard, you'll see that it shows a little tiny little diagram of the um, Ramhorn handlebars. In 1966, they started advertising uh, the Schwinn Fastback. And then mid-year through 66, they came out with the Schwinn Ramhorn handlebar. If you note the handlebars, they're kind of curved. Okay. Well, when I bought my Schwinn in 1966... The Ramhorn handlebar edition bike wasn't out yet. But strangely enough, in Nevada, California, which is north of where I used to live, the dealer, which was the only dealer in the area that had actually had a Schwinn Fastback 5-speed, had a set of handlebars hanging on the wall. So what we did is since I didn't want to wait to get the bike, which she said would be a month or two or whatever, and I was interested in getting the bike then, he basically took the handlebars off his display and put them on my bike. So I have a set of dealer-installed Ramhorn handlebars on my 1966 Schwinn Fastback, which is purple, by the way. Uh, sitting on my lawnmower is one of our kitty cats that we used to have, kind of a stray that just kind of hung out. His name was Fido because he used to get in fights all the time. So uh, we just called him Fido, and he kind of ran like a dog. It was kind of cool. He actually, when he called him, he came. Kind of cool. Uh, the next picture, if you look over to the right, is a picture of a Pontiac Grand Prix. Now, that's a car that we got a while back, about 10, 15, 20 years ago. But that car actually belonged to Cliff Store Racing. NASCAR, by the way, who raced Pontiacs in the early 60s. He was out of High Point, North Carolina. And that car there, which in its current configuration looks like a 1986 Pontiac, Arrow Coupe. But originally, it was the 1983 Grand Prix that Morgan Shepard drove. And then in 84-85, it was the Alugard Pontiac Grand Prix that Rusty Wallace drove. And 1985 was his rookie year that he won Rookie of the Year award. And somewhere I have a picture of, or not a picture, but I actually have a model of that car, the 1985 Pontiac Grand Prix good car. The next picture is one of our customers, a friend of ours, and also one of our avid listeners who lives in town. I won't mention where because he's an anonymous collector. And if you look at the picture, you'll see a picture of a, uh, or if you look at the, the Facebook page, you'll see a picture of um, a Messerschmitt 
Anna and Izetta sitting side by side, and the caption reads, Love at first sight. What? You kidding me? <laughs> yes, they're meant for each other. Messerschmitt and Izetta. Though we're on the other side, if you look across, you'll see a picture of a uh, Peugeot, and that was actual... Uh, that was the actual Peugeot, 1959 Peugeot 403 convertible, or cabriolet, as they say, uh, that was used in a TV show, uh, Columbo, that um, Peter oh, Falk drove. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It really is. It truly is that car. And it's still dented in the back, which was uh, as a result of a little incident on a TV show. So it's still there. Yeah, you know, just one, one more question. <laughs> Sorry. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah, just one more thing. And, of course, there's a picture of a pig staying at, staring at us. Now, I, I was over in uh, Haines City, and I was looking at this guy's collection of cars. And as I was walking down this dirt road, this pig was there, and it would kind of just go, you know, and it was kind of following me along the fence line. So I walked down, and I was looking at some cars. And then as I was walking back looking at some other stuff, the pig was just kind of come up to the fence and just kind of stare at me and kind of follow me back and forth. And, and I walked back and forth a number of times, and this pig just kept staring at me. So finally I said, you know, you want a picture, don't you? So I took a picture of it. So the caption reads, surprised? It's just the mirror. So obviously what it's supposed to look like is you're staring at yourself, you, know, you pig. Oh, uh, so that's kind I of what. So, yup, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the da 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 fairest of them all? So that's why I put that in there. I don't know if that's the appropriate caption, but that's the one that came to mind at the time. If you look at the next picture over from that, there's a picture of a Chevette. Looked like it slammed into a wall. I don't know where I saw that. It was someplace out in the middle of nowhere, but somebody had that. Did it, it just, slam into a wall? No, it was actually cut in half, and they hung it on there because it's some sort of a parts house. If you look above oh. it, it has a Kendall uh, oil sign. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of corny, you know, just one of those things. Above that is uh, my Jeep, and if you see, it's tilted to one side there. And uh, my loving, caring bride, that was my 1976 Jeep Cherokee Chief Factory 401 car. That truck was actually pretty fast for an SUV, and uh, and that was back in 1976 when they were still kind of like, you know, SUVs weren't really the thing yet, but yeah. I had one. And um, They didn't call them SUVs, did they? No, it was an off-road truck. I mean, it was, it was basically like a Blazer or a Bronco or whatever you had back in the day. But the, the, it was one of the nicer ones at the time because it was totally enclosed. Quadra track, I wasn't a big fan of that but because uh, I like locking hubs. But anyway, what that was, that's a construction site. And what happened was is May eighth, 1979, we had a huge storm here that just came through and flooded everything basically to the east of 19... The High Point area, uh, Largo, and areas of Pinellas Park. Yeah, over in my neighborhood. Yeah. Anyway, so what happened was, is I was at this construction site, and Teresa was with me, and I was just showing her this house that we were building. And what I forgot was, is if you see that big pile of dirt that's right there, well, typically what, what's, what goes on in a lot of construction sites, which is not supposed to go on on a lot of construction sites, is when they have, like, junk that they're supposed to get rid of and haul off, they don't typically do it. So what they do is they dig out a hole, throw all the crap <laughs> in it, and then cover it up with dirt. Problem was, I forgot that hole was there. So at the time when I drove through there, there was a foot of water, two feet of water. Well, guess what? I drove in that hole. So my truck starts tilting. It starts filling up with water, literally. I look, look over at my girlfriend then, wife today, and I go, Teresa, open the door and jump. She just sits there and looks at me like, what? And I'm concerned that the truck's going to flip over and we're both going to drown. So I reached over. I rolled the window down real quick so at least I'd be able to crawl out the window. Finally, she opened the door and she jumped out. I mean, literally, you can't see now, but the water came, the way the truck's sitting right there, water came right across the top of the engine just below the carburetor. There was a water line in there. 
So we tried to get the truck out of there. There's another picture. I didn't put it up there. Maybe it is. But it shows a picture of me with a tractor trying to get that truck out of there, and I couldn't get it out. We had to get, uh, at the time, uh, AAA came out. They brought two wreckers. They couldn't tow it out of there. So finally we had to get it at the time. It was LaPointe and Weeks. He had this big, giant, looked like a tank retriever. But basically what it was was a semi-hauler, you know, when the semis, you know, like a semi-tow truck. He had barely enough cable to hook on the back of my bumper, my trailer hitch. And he says, Robert, you know, if I can uh, get it out of there, I'll get it out of there. If not, I'm not driving back there because it's soft dirt. You can see where I'm at. So he had just enough cable to reach me, plus chains and all the other stuff. He actually pulled me out of there. And while he did, he was having a hard time. But I could actually start the truck. For some reason, it just started. So I was lucky. And uh, then I backed the truck out of there. And um, so that's that thingy. Hey. What? what? Who's on the phone? Hey, it's Rob. Yes, Rob. Does Rob want to say something? I want to know if Rob remembers this big storm in 1979. <laughs> hey, Robert, you got some Neil Young music for me tonight? Well, you know what? We can switch that real quick. We were going to play... Uh, oh, we're, gonna... we're cutting the moving sidewalks now? Well, you want to go to Neil Young? Cutting the moving sidewalks. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robert, I remember that storm of 1979. Were you here then? Yeah, I've been down here since 1976. Oh, okay. All right. Don't yeah, get my birthday next month. Oh, well, happy, <laughs> happy early birthday. We'll say happy Write early it down birthday. Write on your calendar. Okay. Don't burn any crosses on my front lawn. <laughs> I don't think hey, you have to worry about that. <laughs> All right. Take care. Wow. Um, he was here in 1979. Wow. Yeah. All well, right. that was a pretty bad storm. Anyway, so I'm going to go fast forward here. There's a couple of... Uh, um, pictures up there, you'll see some corny stuff. Uh, there's one shot where we're out in the middle of the desert, someplace, Kingman. Well, what even? It was between Kingman and Flagstaff. And sure enough, here's this junkyard in the middle of nowhere, and he's got all kinds of cars out there. It's actually, that's actually pretty cool. The stuff was out there. And there's a picture in the background there of a 1962 Thunderbird that looks like somebody trying to make a ranchero out of it. Well, right above it is a picture of a 68 Cadillac. Uh, that Danny Coker of uh, Counting Cars, the hit TV show, did make a El Camino or El Cadillac or Cadillacamino or something like that out of it. So the caption kind of reads, build off. They had the same concept in mind, just the outcome was a little different. So Ranchero, El Camino, Ranch Mio, El Chero. So it's kind of like, yeah, I'm not sure what that was. But um, but I, w- I couldn't get close enough to take a look at that car, but it actually looked pretty cool, that Thunderbird. So it looked like it was done tastefully. It's kind of a neat piece. Every once in a while, you run up on something really unusual like that. Um, if you go up a little further, you'll see um, there's a red 55 Thunderbird sitting alongside of the road behind some guy's building with a bunch of tables leaned up against it with a tarp over it. And of course, the caption reads, you know, trying to camouflage the red bird. Really? You think? Come on. I mean, you couldn't miss that thing. And what amazes me is this, that car's been sitting there for nine months. That's I saw it nine months ago. I took a picture of it then. That's when these pictures were taken. And I drove by here like uh, two weeks ago. It's still sitting there. The only thing he changed was uh, he's got newer tables out there now. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a picture over there, and this was just this past weekend. There's a 50, 65 Thunderbird. Did I say Thunderbird? No, I meant to say it was a Mustang, a 65 Mustang convertible, not a Thunderbird. Now, this just goes to show you, you just never know what's in the area. And I was just buzzing around, and I was sometimes on weekends I go to garage sales. I was trying to park at this one garage sale, but there was too many cars around, so I ended up parking like three three houses down. This guy's sitting out in front of his house, and he's got this uh, garage door open. Immediately, I recognized the Mustang, and I go, hmm, I have to go check this out. And I told the guy, I said, you know, I was going to go to the garage sale, but I think I'm going to go to your uh, house and check out the Mustang first. He says, yeah, come on up. So really nice guy, friendly guy. Um, he bought that car. Brand new in 1965, in January or February of 1965, at Grant Ford in St. Pete. Do you remember Grant Ford? 
No. Come on, you had to have been around back then. They were here back in the 80s. <sighs> I don't recall. Okay, it was, well, Sorry. it's, 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 uh, it's, what do they call it now? Autoway Ford down there? It's on uh, 22nd. Just just north of Twenty Second Avenue there, but anyway, so he bought that car. Mm-hmm. That that car had one paint job on it. That's right, and, in my neighborhood too. I yeah, I don't remember. But if you look at the pictures, you'd I covered up the license plate because I didn't want to give it away because you never know I might get lucky and he might like me and might want to call me up one day and say hey you want to do an appraisal and one thing leads to another and you never know it might be sitting in my garage. But anyway, it was uh, dark blue and it, I'm not in '66. I'm not sure if it was night mist blue or not. No '67, it was night mist blue. But anyway, so it had a tan and parchment interior, basically an automatic. 289, two-barrel car, just a standard model, just nice. He had the deluxe hubcaps on it with the little spinners on it. Car had never been wrecked, never been hit, everything original on the car. Uh, I, the, 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 there was a couple things about the car that I thought was really, really cool about it. the car is if you, you know, these so many people restore these cars. There's, there's, I cannot say this and not overemphasize this enough. Do not restore a nice, decent car. If you have to, like this guy did, just put a decent paint job on it. Leave it. Do not take it apart. Do not restore it. Just tidy it up. Make it as close to original as possible. When I opened the passenger door on that car, when the, the driver's door, it opened just with a little push of the button. It closed. went dunk. Opened. Closed. It was beautiful. It was nice. You could tell it had never been a fart and it had never been hit. When I opened up the passenger side, the passenger side is what got my attention because I've had this discussion with people. The door actually jumped a little bit. Well, the driver's side obviously is not is going to just open and close because it gets used all the time. Passenger side jumped a little bit. Now, typically when a door jumps, that means it was been apart. It's got new gaskets. Something's not aligned right. But it just jumped just a little bit. Just a tidy bit, like like you expect it would, like on a new car, kind of like almost, you know, like back in the day. So I thought that was really interesting. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to videotape that because I got a friend of mine that's got a car and he thinks that that's not correct. And I'm I've seen this actually now the second time. And here's a car locally though that I can take a picture of a document. But that gets into uh, you know cars being correct and original, unrestored, unmolested, survivor. I mean this car. Fits the bill, you know. Um, really, really nice piece. Paint job, not bad for what it was done because it evidently was painted back in the 70s. And I'll tell you what, it fooled me. I had to look at the car really, really close to make sure that wasn't original paint. There was only a few little telltale signs around the rear taillight panel and around the, real, the convertible top uh, trim. Other than that, it was a really, really nice looking car. The interior, pretty nice and original. I would just fix the dash, you know, put a new dash on it, and I would find a vintage interior that has a usable upholstery, take that original upholstery apart, put it in a patch the areas that are kind of, you know, need patching, and then you'd have the same texture, the same aged look without having to redo the whole seat. You'd have the seat original and just use the, the modern modern day stitching a little bit and then kind of weather a little bit, which you can do that. There's a technique to that. So that's pretty cool. Hey, I think we're ready to – wow, geez, I don't realize how long I've been yakking. <laughs> uh, this was kind of actually fun. I, I'm going to do this again and just kind of go on it. Cause there's well, you know, I think it's a good idea that you're uh, talking about the, the Facebook page because I just looked at it here, and this is this is really nice. I mean – it's it's every bit as as cool uh, as you made it sound. I'm looking at all these pictures, thinking, "Wow, I'm well, sure there's a lot of people out here uh, out there who would like to see this stuff." So it's good that you're doing it. Yeah, well, you know, a pictures are worth a thousand words, and you know, you can just kind of go from there. You know, and I think pictures a lot of times are inspiring from the standpoint that. They might motivate you to just get out there and do something and look at something. And then, you know, if you're looking in your garage and you see something that looks like a tattered, ratted, tattered piece of crap, like the stuff that I own, and uh, 
hey, what the hell? If it runs, let's get it running and go out and enjoy it. That's the whole thing. Even if it looks like hell, if it runs and drives, drive it and enjoy it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Because if you get a cool car, someone's going to let you know it's a cool car. It is. That's just the way it works. You know. Please check out my uh, Facebook page, Gulfstream Motorsports. There's some really cool stuff on there. Every one of those pictures, every one of those cars are all my personal pictures. Nothing up there is from someplace else or downloaded or whatever. Those are my pictures. Happen to be at the right place at the right time. Read the captions. They're kind of comical. But that's the real deal. You know what? And do that to your own Facebook. It doesn't have to be about you know personal crap. Do something really different for a change. And I use it as a marketing tool. So anyway, hey, let's go to the uh, let's do uh, a song here real quick. Yeah. Actually, you know what? We're probably going to have to go right to CCR. Oh, I think we're, we're, g- we're skipping over the sidewalks. Yeah. Oh, because we got to guess. We got to get up. Well, all right. All right. All right. No, all right. no, it's okay. I'll get the CCR. Do the CCR. And let's do the two commercials real quick. Or we do commercials. Let's we do commercials? Oh, yeah, that's right. I thought- right I'll tell you what. Here's what we'll do. We'll do CCR. Today on, today do- on NPR. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. I'll tell you what. Let's do moving sidewalks real quick. Do the commercials and then call the guest. Okay. You let's got do that. Let's, you do got a little, let's at least do a little bit of moving sidewalk. This is yeah. Billy Gibbons. It's, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Remember, this, this is, is this is around the time that Jimi Hendrix said that he thought Billy Gibbons was one of the be- uh, best guitar players he'd ever seen. And True Billy story. Gibbons, rightfully, in his own right, is one of the best guitarists out oh, yeah. there. You know. Dig this music, man. Hey, you're tuning into the Southern Video and Cars. Moving sidewalks. What's the name of the song? 13th floor or something? 99th floor. 99th floor. I was yeah. close. Speed Shop and the host of Car Warriors. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. 
This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo, or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey, sports fans, Peter Brock here from BRE Racing and Aerovault Trailers, telling you to listen to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the best automobile show in the Southeast. Okay, we're back. Thanks, Peter. And that's true. We are the best automobile show automotive show in the Southeast. Hey, real quick, this past weekend, you know what else we had? We had the Grand Prix of Monaco. Okay, that was a cool show. Uh, race, rather. And uh, tight race, tight race. I'm a little disappointed in my friend, Mr. Vettel. But, uh, you know, German race car driver, not fan, not, not a big fan of the, uh, uh, Renault, but I like the Red Bull deal. And, um, but he didn't do too well, but at least Nico Rosberg, uh, took first place in the Mercedes. And let's see, we had India, Indy, Indy, India, Indy 500, and, um, Ryan Hunter took first place there. That's different. That's good. And then, of course, the Coca Cola 600, which I was a little disappointed that, um, <coughs> the Fords didn't come in first place, but Jimmy Johnson, I guess that's his first win of the year. Not sure. Don't follow NASCAR that much. But anyway, so we had three big deal races. Hey, we got our guest on the line. Okay, well let's uh, let's uh, let him get let's let him listen to a couple little goodies we got prepared for him, and then we will be back with our guest. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I think we had a little CCR. This is kind of cool. And keeping in period with the uh, late '60s, now you know. Uh, and Memorial Day, Run Through the Jungle. This was a song that was played quite a bit back in those days for the uh, Vietnam era guys. Run Through the Jungle by CCR. I always thought this was a cool song. Nope. No, 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 no. Actually, I think John Fogarty's from California, but Creedence Clearwater, something to do with Texas. <laughs> Wrong. Anyway. Okay, hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Stick around. We'll be right back with our guest. Enjoy the music. Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to introduce 
our special guest for the evening. This gentleman is an automotive artist. He builds custom cars. He's a car designer. Got an amazing portfolio. You need to check out his website. I am delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Keith Coucher. Keith, are you there? Yes, I am. Keith, welcome to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Tell us real quickly. Give a big plug. Big plug for your website. I'm Keith Coucher, Coucher Customs. Uh, That's uh, www.couchercustoms.com. I do high-end custom car design and build scale custom car models for clients as well as uh, fabricate real cars. Super. Well, tell us how you got started in the biz. Um, Basically, uh, at five years old, my dad showed me how to draw a car. Um, I was crazy about cars from the time I could talk. And uh, one night he sat down and was drawing an airplane because he's an aircraft engineer. And uh, I said, well, can you draw me a car? So he drew a 60 Buick, uh, 61 Buick special that he had. And uh, I took that little drawing, stuck it on my wall, and I sat there and tried to draw that, you know, for, for years. Um, and then when I got it, when I turned about nine years old, I started building car models. And um, at about 13, I started putting the two together and started drawing up what I was going to build and uh, doing that and just basically turned that into my business. When you were, you were talking earlier, you're from uh, California and uh, you grew up in the, well, you said the San Joaquin Valley, you know, everybody's, not a lot of people know where that is, but let's just say it's kind of just east of the Bay Area, would you say? Is that about right? Kind of stretches along there? Uh, yeah, it would be southeast of the Bay Area. It's actually, and and I actually, I didn't grow up there. My mother did, but oh, okay. I spent a lot of time there as a kid growing up. And you were telling me earlier about uh, the styles, California, like Northern California style of cars and Southern California styles of cars. So kind of elaborate on that a little bit. Tell us, tell our listeners a little bit how that uh, worked out there. Well, the way that worked is that in Southern California, where I'm from, Santa Monica in, in, in particular, um, they used to take and run like a, seven-inch wide wheel in the front and, and, a, and an eight-inch wide or a ten-inch wide wheel in the back. And they usually have the car set up with the rear end a little bit higher in the back. Usually, you know, we, we call it jacked up. You know, they have the car jacked up in the back. Uh, and that was kind of the, the, the cool look of Southern California. But in Northern California, in the Central Valley, where uh, my cousins lived and my uncles lived, uh, I used to see these guys with the cars slammed to the ground with, with you know, eight-inch wide wheels on all four corners. Uh, and with a little bit of forward rake, and I just thought, man, that's so much cooler looking than what we're doing in, you know, where I'm from. And so when I started building my cars, that's the way I set my cars up. So my cars always kind of stood out as being unique and different. And uh, in particular, I had a 69 El Camino SS396 four-speed that had eight-inch wide rally wheels on all four corners. And um, later on, 200S uh, American mags. And people would walk up to the car and go, oh, my God, is that like, you set that up like a NASCAR. And I said, no, that's, that, I wasn't even thinking NASCAR. This is... This is just a style that I picked up, you know, uh, growing up. So that was basically the the main difference. It was just a different different uh, approach to, to the same same thing, you know. Somewhere I was reading on there that you um, you designed cars for, or you were designing wheels for a wheel manufacturer. Yeah, I've been uh, a wheel designer since 1995. I worked for Superior Industries. Uh, designing OEM, you know, original equipment, manufactured wheels. Uh, they were a first-tier supplier to Ford, GM, Chrysler, Nissan, and, and uh, Subaru, and Toyota, and a couple others. I can't think of offhand, but uh, basically I was an in-house uh, car, uh, or excuse me, wheel designer, and I designed a lot of the wheels that, uh, that you would have seen in that period of uh, well, 1995 to 1999, 2000. Uh, in fact, the last wheel program I designed uh, on was the uh, 2001 Mustang uh, GT wheel, which looked like the Torque Thrust uh, 2 wheel. And uh, that wheel actually inspired um, one of the designers at Ford to create the Bullet Mustang. 
So I was kind of indirectly involved with the Bullet Mustang that was uh, released, I think, in 2004. Um, so that was uh, that's kind of one of my little little nuggets of information about what I've done that a lot of people don't know I did. Well, you're big claim to fame. That's super. That's good. Yeah. Because that really still is, even on the newer Mustangs, you know, I mean, for the guys that like the, the 05 to the S197s, basically, a lot of guys like that uh, bullet-style wheel, you know, because it's just the coolest contemporary retro look that you can possibly do. It just always looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had, I had originally tried that on a 94 Mustang when I was working with a buddy of mine who was trying to get something going with a, a company called Paulson Ford over in Beverly Hills, and he was trying to do a, a motorsport program through this, this car dealership. It was a Ford Lincoln Mercury dealer in Beverly Hills, and um, he had me design a several, uh, you know, prototypes of, of cars that he was going to build, one of them being a, a, re, a resurgence of the GTA Mustang. And uh, that's where that wheel first uh, was put on the on a late model car. But when they asked me for a new wheel for a carryover year, um, I just said, "Why don't we just try this on there?" And uh, they ended up buying it off. So, you know, I'm looking at some of your designs here. There, uh, uh, this one car looks like. Correct me if I'm wrong. Looks like you took a Gremlin and you raked the back. You dropped it. You got some nice little bulgy flares on it, and you gave it kind of like a uh, Mustang Three or that little prototype that they came out with way back when. That little sh- low windshield on it. I mean, am I am I am, am am I reading this picture right? Is that is that the orange? Is that the yeah. orange yeah. yeah? Is that, that help with the racing helmet on the on the hood? Yeah, that yeah, is so exactly what I did. Is I basically lopped the top off of it and uh, basically put a um, you know a set of like a, a tonneau cover that covers the whole back seating area and runs all the way up to the to the headrest and kind of has like the head turrets on it. And um, that's actually pretty much the stock Remlin taillight assembly and everything. All I did was uh, give it a little uh, ducktail on the back, which was kind of a natural flow for the shape of that car. I also extended the overhang in front of the wheels a little bit, and I did flare the fenders. That was a good catch on your part. Um, so it's a little bulgier looking and a little more aggressive. Well, you know, I'm, I, I, listeners, you guys need to check out his website. It's uh, Coucher's Customs, or Designs by Coucher Customs here. And I'll tell you what, Keith has got some really cool stuff on the cover. I can't make out. Are you a Ford guy? There's a lot of Fords uh, I in here. Am, I, am, I am a Ford and a Chevy guy. I grew up being a Chevy guy. My uncle, uh, Alec, who was a big influence on me, I uh, used to always tell me from the time I was about four years old, oh, Chevrolet is the best. And I, I used to get in fist fights over that in school, <laughs> you know, Ford and Chevy thing, you know. But uh, as I got older, I started kind of appreciating the Ford product line a little bit more. And um, at one point, um, after building a, a racing engine for my friend Shelby, I decided I wanted one, so I built one for myself. And uh, that was actually probably the fastest and most well-sorted-out car I've ever owned in my life. So right now, at least at this time, I'm a big Ford guy. Okay. Well, I'm looking at these drawings. I mean, what I, I'll tell you what impresses me about your work. You run the gamut. You've got some amazing contemporary stuff, like the Gremlin, for example. Then there was a Charger in there that you did. It uh, looks like a 69. And uh, yeah, that is... Mm-hmm. Okay, that's got a real... See, your look is my kind of look. I, the lowered, the fat little meats underneath there, you know, the bulgy little fenders, the road race look. I really, really dig it. That's groovy. But I'm also looking at your artwork here. And there's uh, there's like a screen that goes by right now. Up there's the Camaro the Camaro wagon that you made. Then there's this really cool Thunderbird Bullet Bird that you did to put a fastback look to it. That's really cool. And then there's this um, 
Let's see if it goes by again here. Uh, the 54 Ford, that's classic cruiser style. I mean, that was 50, my car. Uh-huh. That's beautiful. But this pickup truck keeps showing up here, which I think is really cool because that's classic 50s look. So you've got a really, you got a very, um, I don't know. It's well-rounded. You know what I mean? It's like it appe- it it appeals. It seems like it would appeal to a broad variety of 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 car guys. I mean, so your work is very very nice. Thank you very much. Well, you know the thing is that I uh, I I was just I think I was just basically put on this planet to be a, a car person. I mean, that's all I do. It's all I think about for the most part. Uh, and I have a real sense of what you know what the style should be no matter what the era. And I kind of coined a phrase year ago, years ago that I call uh, radical traditional. And if you look at the 54 okay. Ford, that, what I mean when I say radical traditional means it's a traditional-looking car. In other words, that car could have been mistakenly uh, seen as being a car built in the early 60s-style custom. But then I took it another level. We put the 65 Buick Wildcat roof on there and, and extended the rear quarters and Mercury front clip and all the different things that were done to that car. And I mean, it's a list that goes on. You don't have time for your show to hear all the things I did to that car. But the point is, is that that is what I call radical traditional. The 32 Ford hot rod that you see in front of the Olympic driving, which was actually the driving my parents took my brother and I to as a kid growing up. And that's kind of a, that's kind of a Santa Monica, West LA piece that I did for Rod Custom Magazine. Um, that's also radical traditional. That if you look at the at the twin exhaust coming out and and the cutouts in in the uh, cal area in front of the door for those trumpets to come through, that's nobody ever did that in the in, the, in that sixty period. But that was something I thought would be kind of cool. And you know, with the with the uh, pie crust slicks in the back and and all the other things that are going on there, it, it, it carries that feel of something that would have been built in that time frame, even though it, it's much more radical than it would have been. And that's some pretty cool stuff. Do you do uh, t-shirts and stuff too? I mean, do you have sure? I mean, do you have artwork out there that you sell or shirts and stuff? Or, I mean, yeah, I kind of took the t-shirts down because um, I had a really good printer, and he kind of went out of business. And I just, I just been too busy to go out and try and find someone else to do it. And um, you know, it, it just, it's just a commitment on on my part that uh, right now I just don't have the time to mess with. Uh, but I do sell prints of my artwork on the website. And I also sell the resin car models that you see on there, the, the Camaro okay. wagon being the number one seller. Now, the, the, there's a Camaro wagon there. Though. You call it like the, the Cayman, you know, after like the uh, the Corvair wagon actually was called that, wasn't it? Cayman or something like that? Or? Uh, Vega. The Vega was actually called Oh, the Vega. Camera. That's right. Yeah, Camback. Camback. I'm sorry. And um, But uh, is that a model or is that going to be a real car? That's a real car and a model. It, uh, it's an interesting story. Yeah, uh, that is a design that I did while I was babysitting my uh, my brother's kids one one weekend. They were out of town and asked me to take care of the kids, and the kids were off at friends' houses. So I'm sitting in his house with nothing to do, and uh, he had put Photoshop into his computer, so I could work. And so I went in there and was looking at this picture of a Yenko Camaro sitting on a on a on a on a you know a just empty parking lot. And I kept looking, and it was a great-looking shot, and I thought, yeah, what has never been done to a 69 Camaro? I mean, everything in the world's been done to it, you know? So I said, well, whatever, a 69 wagon roof would fit on there. So I started doing my scale work, which is what I do every time I do one of these things. I check to make sure that all the fitment would actually work, and, and I have a method which I do. This is kind of my madness, and, and you know, what people see me do is I'm like, wow, man, you really do check this stuff out. But anyway, what I did is I created this, this thing, and it worked, and I ended up selling it to uh, Camaro Performer, and it ended up being an issue or an article in Camaro Performer. 
and it was probably one of the most well-received art pieces he ever did. He got so much feedback on that, and I was getting calls day after day of people, I want to build a car, I want to build a car, but nobody ever stepped up. Uh, and then when I started my resin car company, um, I thought, well, that would be the perfect car to do because it, that, that, little, that little piece of artwork gets a lot of attention. So I, I built the car in scale, uh, had my guy cast it, and we, we've ended up selling like 70 of those kits since, since I, I, I created that. So here comes my, my friend Jared in the industry. He, uh, he owns an off-road uh, shop and wanted to get into the hot rod business. And so he went with me one year to the Grand National Roadster Show and was helping me out. And he kept saying to me all weekend long, hey, you know, if we could build any one of your designs, which would we build, which would we build? And I was like, oh, dude, neither one of us got any money. Why do you keep asking me that? And he says, well, I got a guy. I got a guy that could put the money up to do this. So, well, now you're talking. And he said, well, which would you do? And I said, I think I'd probably do that Camaro wagon right there. It gets a lot of attention. So literally a year from that first meeting, we had the Camaro wagon sitting there right across the, the aisleway where we had been sitting the year before, sitting there in primer, uh, about, oh, just a little over half done. And uh, it will be finished um, sometime this uh, this summer, hopefully. Uh, we're going to have it uh, in a booth at, at the SEMA show. Super. Uh, so this is, a, this is a big deal, this car. It's all over the Internet. Just punch in 69 uh, Camaro station wagon, you'll see it. Well, I'm looking at what's interesting. I'm looking at your picture here, and you've got it where it says 69 Camaro Camback concept car. And then on the bottom, you got the checkerboard line. This looks like an old AMT kit out of 1969. Was that your, was that what you were trying to, the, the, the what you were trying to achieve there? Absolutely. Yeah. That's 19, that's the 1967 box okay. uh, for the annuals that I kind of knocked off there, but it just kind of fit uh, what I wanted to do. And then, of course, I got, you got a picture of my mug on there, you know, like, like, uh, Big Daddy. Uh, <laughs> used to do, uh, so I thought, you know, it kind of gets a little identification, you know, I mean, I got a face for radio, but hey, what the heck, I get people got to know who I am, right? I'll tell you what, I'm looking at this car here, and I, you know, I got a thing for wagons in the first place, and uh, that really, really looks cool. That, it almost looks like it should have been built. Uh, I'm glad you picked up on that, because that's kind of my style. I like to do uh, conceptual car design. As a kid, uh, you know, basically building car models in my room, uh, that's what I, I aspire to be. I aspire to be a stunts work car designer and doing concept cars. So I basically would buy a model kit and think, what if General Motors was doing or what if Ford was doing this? And I would cut the car up and create this concept vehicle. And so that is exactly what that uh, car is supposed to be representing. And that's it, it, when when Jared and I, you know, first started this program, we were originally going to do that car with wood grain. We were originally going to do it as a this Kingwood Estate with yellow <laughs> and wood grain. Uh, but we decided, uh, my brother basically talked us into going back to the original concept of the Enco car, which is which was the you know the Marina Blue car, but but keep it Chevrolet. I didn't want people thinking, oh, Enco built a wagon. You know, I wanted it to look like Chevrolet had done this car. And so it's a it's a pro touring car that doesn't look like one. It's um, it's a it's a wolf in sheep's clothing, if you will. Um, and we wanted to give that appearance of that this is a a car that Chevrolet built as a concept car, and all we did was put bigger wheels under it. And uh, but it's got a 427 uh, built by Grant uh, Rimbach uh, in Tennessee, and uh, it's 630 horsepower. It's uh, got American powertrain, um, five speed transmission in it. Uh, we've got a slew of sponsors. If you go on there, you'll see all the sponsors. I think we've got Vintage Air, uh, Dynamat, uh, PBG Paint, uh, 
American Racing. I, I can't. I don't have a list in front of all of me. If I miss anybody, I'm sorry. But basically, this car is going to go out and I think really set the world on fire. I think uh, you're going to get some GM execs kicking kicking back on their heels, going, "Why did we do this?" <laughs> I'm looking at one of your other renderings here. This uh, 65, 66 Marlin. That's kind of an interesting yeah. car to, to to really do anything with. You know, I mean, that was kind of a cool car back in its day. Kind of forgotten a little bit, but that's nice the way you did that. Yeah, that car is Bob Bruin's car. He's a client of mine, and he just he's just finished the uh, the exterior portion of that car. He's he's trying to get some wheels for it now, but um, the car is essentially built and done. It's got an LS, uh, I think an LS three motor in it, and uh, an AOD or not AOD, excuse me, a seven hundred R transmission behind it. Uh, he actually used a Nova hood, believe it or not, a Nova a sixty-eight or seventy-two Nova hood actually lays right in place on on, on those. We're doing a custom front end, and so he was able to get a cow hood off the of Nova. And, uh, you know, I made a fiberglass and just kind of reshape it, and it fit right on the front end. So um, that's an interesting uh, concept. And what's what's really fun is I did a '64 uh, Marlin, which I really like. Uh, that's to me that was the body style that they should have built the Marlin body on because it flows better with the wheel arch shapes. I'm looking at this, uh, your Turin Super, this uh, Bullet Bird, that, the one that is with the Barani looking wheel, Barani wire wheel looks, I mean, uh, I'm almost speechless. That car looks like it came out of some sort of Italian coach builder. That is absolutely gorgeous. With yeah, Robert, the, you got a great eye, I, I got to tell you. You know, most people don't pick that up, but that's exactly the line of which I was thinking. Um, I've done a couple cars like that, uh, thinking they would be. Uh, yeah, you know, I guess the thinking behind it was if if Ford had been asked by some high-ranking Italian executive or or a, a diplomat diplomat in in Italy to come up with uh, an Italian flair T-bird for them, they wanted the T-bird. They wanted that Ferrari feel. This was the car they would have done. Now Ford did do a car in '63 called the Italia, mm-hmm. which is very similar. And 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 I'm not saying I didn't wasn't inspired by it, but I but I. I took what they had done there, and I said, why can't we do this better? And so what I ended up using was a 68-69 Torino roof, which, believe it or not, bolts right in play. Not bolts right, but but basically can be grafted right in place. Um, it was actually one of the easiest top swaps I've ever done in scale. I mean, it just laid right in there. I, I, I barely had to do any 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 uh, rework to get the thing to fit in there. Um, it just fit really nice. And then I reshaped the rind- window to kind of more like the, the Marlin window, uh, to in the quarter window to kind of match the wheel art shapes a little better, uh, and that's that's kind of the whole feel. And that car, the actual model that I built, has actually got a four speed in it. I actually cut the transmission off and put a, a top loader behind it, and uh, it was it's a three two barrel setup with uh, with clutch pedals and the whole bit. Well, that's very Italian looking. Even you know, talk about the rear quarter window. It reminds me a little bit because earlier on the show I was talking about the Lamborghini three fifty GT. The back window on a three fifty GT, even though it's a little reverse of what you got. It doesn't totally come up like that on the sail panel there, but it's got the same look. But those Barani wire wheels that you got on there with that deep look, the three-spoke knockoff, that is a just... that car, And the spears on the top of the quarters, what a stunning, classy-looking car, really. Thank you. That Thank is you. beautiful. That's, uh, that's another car that may actually get built. That is a... Uh, there's a, a client of mine that uh, he had, unfortunately had a, his son pass away of, of cancer at a very early age, a very rare form of cancer. Uh, his son was named uh, Austin uh, Hatcher, and they started a foundation in his name. And what he does, his father and, and, and his group, is they basically uh, buy cars. They 
they do a full-on custom job on them, and then they auction them off, and all the proceeds goes to this cancer, this pediatric pediatric cancer foundation, and that's what that. Uh, that's why I ended up actually rendering that car because they were proposing that as a potential car uh, as a build. So that car might actually see uh, see the see the real world as a real real actual running car. The Cougar. Tell us about the Cougar. I don't see it on here, but that's the one that caught my attention today when I was you know surfing around on uh, LinkedIn. That's a cool looking car. And you said that car is being built too, right? Right. That's being built by a guy named William Witcher in North North Carolina. Um, he bought that design for me. Uh, that's also going to be a resin kit. That kit is in the works right now. It's it's being cast and will be uh, be an actual one of my in my lineup here pretty soon. But uh, that was one of those things where I was you know doodling around one night on the computer and saw thought you know the, the Cougar as a fastback would really really look cool. But if you just stick the sixty seven uh, sixty eight Mustang roof on there, it doesn't really flow correctly because. Uh, it, 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 the roof is actually too short for the car. So if you extend the quarter window to look like the Torinos, it actually brings back that that uh, that look of the longer roof line. It, it's a delusion, and it creates the, the look of a longer roof, and it, it fills that longer wheelbase. Well, what people don't realize is a Cougar is actually three inches longer than a Mustang. So uh, right. that Torino roof line that you put on there, it gives it the depth. And that's why when I saw your rendering, and I'd seen it before somebody else tried it, but yours was so balanced. I, I got to tell you, Keith, your stuff is beautiful. It really is. It's balanced. It's got a good look to it. It's good. It's good. That's all I can tell you. It's good. You're you're up there with the best of the best. In fact, we only got a couple minutes left, but real quick, who are some of the guys like Daryl Starberg, Gene Jeffries, uh, Gene Winfield, you know, that inspired you when you were growing up? Because you were a model builder like me, so uh, those guys had to have been your heroes, too. Uh, I would say I was inspired quite a bit by Dean Jeffries, who I later on got to meet. Um, really, really great guy. Uh, George Best was an inspiration to me. Ed Roth, uh, of course, uh, was a guy that I looked up to. Uh, thought he did some pretty, pretty crazy stuff. I didn't particularly like a lot of his designs, but I loved the thinking and the thought behind it that went into it. You know, so they were the guys that inspired me. But I was probably more inspired by people like Billy Mitchell and and, and you know Harley Earl. I mean, the actual. In-house designers, uh, you know, Pinafarina, Bertoni, oh, okay. uh, you know, Gia, you know, uh, th- those those were the, those were really my true heroes as a kid growing up. So you got to think for European cars, then it sounds like. Oh, I do. I, I like to bring European design into American cars. You know, Pantera is one of my favorite cars. So okay, uh, you know, it, uh, I love that hybrid, uh, you know, that combination. What are you working on in your own little uh, private uh, garage? Anything cool? coming out right now i don't have anything in the private garage right now i had to sell some cars uh you know to kind of lighten the load i'm trying to do some things with the business and expand so i kind of needed to empty the garage but i am actually going to be building a 64 fairlane for uh, for a friend of mine here pretty soon i should be picking this car up in the next week or so and, and doing it we're just going to be actually a stock restoration it's a hypo 289 car factory for the four speed um, i built a 69 mustang for another guy in there a couple of years ago so, um, you know, I, so I do a little bit of work on the side, too. It's, you know, I don't advertise myself as a fabricator, but I can do it. Okay. All right. Well, hey, Keith, uh, we're just about out of time. I want to thank you very much for, uh, you know, hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Green Cars. Why don't you go ahead and plug your website one more time? You know it's uh, www.couchercustoms.com, and the coucher is okay, and so is the custom. Like okay. George Barrett. Super. Well, hey, you're gonna make you're gonna be at SEMA this year, right? I sure will be. So will the Camaro, hopefully, and uh, so I've got to be there. I got to see my car, uh, you know, do what it's gonna do. Whose booth is it gonna be at? 
We don't know. That's going to be up for grabs here once the car's done. We're going to let our sponsors get first shot at it. And whoever, whoever you know, grabs onto it is going to end up with it. Okay, well, good. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, chances are I will be there. I'm registered to be there. So uh, in the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Be sure and check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Gulfstream Motorsports. If you missed any of our past shows, you can visit our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, and Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And Nostalgic Radio and Cars is our podcast. There are a number of events coming up this week. We have... Let's see. Tomorrow, I think it's Test and Tune at uh, Showtime Speedway. You got uh, Quaker Stick and Lube on Thursday, Biff Burger on Friday, and the Swap Meet at uh, Webster's on Sunday. So uh, check my website out. Check out the events page. There's a lot of stuff going on. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your families. And tune into Nostalgic Radio Cars every week, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. But there's a feller in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his hand. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker.